You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We're going to be talking all about purpose today in this episode of Visibly Fit. I'm your host, Wendy Pett, and I'm so excited to have my special guest on with me today. Her name is Jade Simmons, and she is an internationally acclaimed creator of transformational experiences designed to activate audiences into becoming the biggest, boldest version of themselves possible. That is so cool. The world-class concert artist is also the CEO of Jade Media Global, a revolutionary live experience and global content distribution company specializing in 360-degree personal development and strategic transformation. We're going to hear a little bit more about that as well. But she is nicknamed Classical Music's number one maverick and named one of the best keynote speakers in 2019 and 2020 with her electrifying genre-bending concert adventures, which span from classical all the way to rap and include virtuoso storytelling, uncommon insights, and boundless inspiration. Today, Jade's experiences not only delight concert audiences, but her dazzling high-impact presentations are fast becoming the go-to fuel for the world's uh, superlative brands and organizations from finance Uh, services to biotech, to entertainment, education, energy, and beyond. And check this out. Uh, She, uh, the Equal Opportunity Disruptor, was also a surprise independent candidate for president in the 2020 elections. I had no idea of that. I just met this beautiful woman not too long ago at an event, and we just hit it off. And so I'm so excited to bring her on today to talk about purpose and make sure you stay till the end because we have a special uh, bonus that she's going to bring to the table. So Jade, welcome to Visibly Fit. Hey, Wendy, thanks for having me. Yes, what a treat. This is fantastic. You look stunning as ever. Thank you. Thank you so much. Look who's talking. <laughs> oh, girl, come on. You know, here's here's something. We we kept trying to connect at this event and your staff, your your team, they're like, oh, come back. You'll see her come yeah. back. And you were just busy and we just kept missing each other. But we had a beautiful uh, FaceTime call and and I really enjoyed your authenticity. And I think we really connected with that as well. But um, we we kind of tapped in a little bit about what you do, all, all about mm-hmm. sharing about purpose. And you have your new book out, and it is called Purpose the Remix, right? And it's a right. beautiful cover. It's a mind-blowing re-understanding of purpose and how it works. And so with the Proverbs that I just read, mm-hmm. many are the plans in a person's <laughs> heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. How do we talk about purpose when sometimes people get purpose and passion all mixed up? And if it's the Lord purpose, how is it our purpose? Let's dive in. Yeah, you know, 
I've been reading the Bible since I was a very little girl, but I somehow seem to always skip over that proverb. And I think <laughs> I spent so much of my time planning to death my entire life. I mean, I have mm. been planning mm. since I was a wee little girl. I mean, I had everything planned out. And I remember my, my, my big uh, prayer to God was, okay, God, you know, I'm reading all these stories. I see all these incredible people, but I'm really worried about this Moses thing. Whatever you do, do not let it take 40 years for me to see the big fruition, you know, of everything that's on my heart. And can I tell you, I am 45 now and I just feel like I am really getting into the deepest part of what purpose has truly been. You know, we serve such a gracious God and for better and sometimes for worse, he lets us have exactly what we have asked for. And, uh, you know, my original dream was simply to be a, a classical concert pianist. And I am one of the very fortunate ones to say that I, I have, I have that career. I have lived it. Uh, but what we'll get to is this idea that purpose, well, it's not just the thing we do. And I think for so many years, I thought my purpose was to play the piano. And I think that's where the danger comes in when we dare to lock purpose up into one thing or one activity uh, and purpose, I believe is way bigger than we thought, but also much easier to find than we thought as well. That's so good. And I actually saw one of your quotes and it says, your purpose is not the thing you do. It's the thing that happens in others when you do what you do. And I thought that is very profound and absolutely because ultimately you and I know that our, our sole purpose is to bring God glory, right? Um, but he's given us all gifts and talents, and, and he wants the desire of our heart. And so it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. But again, it's, it's his heart, and, and we're creating his image, and he wants the desire of our hearts. And so really understanding that um, we're all very unique, and we all have different gifts and talents, but the purpose is all still the, the same thing in all of us, right? Yeah, it's, you know, I talk about this a lot in the book, the entire kind of last chapter brings us back full circle to wait a minute now, what's the whole reason behind this whole thing? I cannot talk about purpose apart from God. Yet 95% of my time uh, as an artist, as a speaker is spent in so-called secular settings. I yeah. use air quotes there for those who are listening in uh, only because God has shown me years ago that there is no separation, that wherever he goes becomes sacred. And that as long as we take him with us, wherever we go, we're walking in a really sacred space. And so I've been really blessed to have this uncommon ministry where I'm not brought in to preach or to teach on the gospel, but I'm talking about purpose. And I believe that purpose is God given. And yes, like you said, we have a sole purpose. We bring God glory through our very existence. But the wonderful thing is that I believe he implants individual unique purpose in each one of us. And we get to serve him through that just so happens since we were made in his image that we end up serve all, serving a whole lot of people um, in the process as mm -hmm. well. So purpose, it, it, it is in you. Uh, it stems from you. It's, it's been implanted by God even before you were born. I believe it, it's been in there since before we were in the womb, but we get to play it out and purpose. Like you said, it's not trapped in that one thing you do. It really is that outbreak effect that we have on the people around us. And, the, and why I say it's easier to find Wendy is because 
We think purpose is this big external quest where we go chasing after something and trying to figure it out. I believe the first step in uncovering purpose, notice I didn't say discovering, but uncovering is actually a retrograde investigation to look at how you have always been affecting people, how you've always been breaking out. And so I promise you, when you start to ask the people who love you, what is it that happens when I come in the room or when I enter the equation, or I like to tell women, ask your friends why they bring you all their business, right? Like, why is it, do I come and have to talk to Wendy about this thing? You'll start to hear a theme in your life and hidden in that theme is where purpose is lying. That's so good, Jade. I love it. You know, on that uh, same note, what about the person that might be listening that's like, hmm, I'm really not that one that people go to. Or when I walk mm-hmm. in a room, people don't even really notice. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. lost. I don't know my purpose. I've got so much trauma and drama yeah. that I'm stuck and stagnant. And I can't even see to to try to unravel and, and um, uh, what did you call not 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 discover, but yeah, can't discover. even uncover anything it's under so much mess, right? Right. You're under and so you- much mess that you just can't see it. So what, yeah. is, what do you say on that? Well, I'm, I'm very honest about that because the last thing I want people to do is either feel excluded from the process of purpose. I think one of the biggest lies is that other people have bigger purpose than me. If I'm not Martin Luther King or Gandhi or Mother Teresa or President of the United States, I must not have purpose. And we've sort of relegated ourselves to, I always say, being the, um, the stand-ins and the other guy's purpose journey, right? We're just kind of the yeah. backdrop people. That's a lie, like I say, from the pit of hell. We, we each have purpose in us. Now, that drama and trauma you talk about, boy, does it come to snatch purpose. And I, I've watched people uncover purpose and then the drama ensues, right? It's like, oh man, I finally figured it out and now here are all these what I call purpose blockers. But I think the first thing is really understanding that you do have purpose. Whether you've seen it or not, whether you've acknowledged it or not, whether you recognize it or walked in it, it is there. And so now comes that choice of saying, okay, in the midst of the drama, in spite of the trauma, can I do myself the divine favor of taking time now to uncover not only why am I here, right, but how have I always been having an effect. And I promise you have, you know, purpose isn't always loud or bad. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Purpose isn't, uh, you know, it's, it becomes purpose when we become intentional with it. Talk about good or bad. Um, I have a prioritizing purpose. You talk. Yes. A a friend who (laughs) could probably be described as a bit hypercritical. And, uh, I remember telling her, you know, there actually is a gift in there. You know, you come in and see things that others don't. You recognize when we're underperforming, when the potential is actually really much higher, you notice when the standard is not where it needs to be. Now, you can either keep presenting that like hypercritical behavior and run off the very people you might be called to impact, or you can take accountability for this gift of standard bearing of recognizing the holes and the voids that need to be fit. And you can now intentionally recycle that gift into what looks like influence and impact. Uh, and the, the change that that makes, uh, I've seen this in, in uh, women that I coach, that re-understanding of what we think is a personality quirk, or I'm always going to be this way, or nobody likes me because of this, or they're jealous of me because of this. No, let you understand first this gift 
find out what the purpose is in it. And now intentionally you get to recycle that back into the spaces in a different way, right? When you talk about for better or for worse, we can decide what that looks like. That's where the decision-making comes in. That's so good. I love that because as a recovering perfectionist, um, (laughs) I, and I think I'm so much better than I used to be, but um, haven't fully arrived, probably won't Mm -hmm. till the day I die, Mm -hmm. but I'm so Mm -hmm. much better at releasing and letting go. But my best girlfriend, she'll come to me uh, numerous times because she's like, you've got an eagle eye and I love that you can spot this or that. And I'm like, all right, thank you. I got an eagle eye. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that so, much better? Yeah, Eagle eye than hypercritical person. Nobody <laughs> wants to be around. Yeah. Yes, because I'm like, oh, okay. You want me to proofread this because I'll spot it like that or I'll That's see it. the, uh, the, you know, quote unquote flaw, but maybe right. the mishap and the design element. And it just comes naturally where before you could come across as, Ooh, that doesn't look so good because of this. But what if you instead said, oh, I see that maybe this um, element was was missing. It was that intentional. If so, great. If not, it might be something you want to look at. And because it just comes naturally. So it's how you utilize that gift um, to help others and serve yeah. others. That's cool. And you just described partnering with people. You yeah. know, when you go, when when we come to Wendy for the eagle eye, I am saying I'm working on this purpose baby over here and I want it to be of its most excellent quality. Can you now put your gift to work in service of this thing? Now I'm partnering with you to produce uh, an even more excellent product. And, and as believers, especially, we should be uh, aiming towards excellence, different from perfectionism, Amen. right? Amen. It's excellence. And, and there's no harm in that. It's biblical to do so. And mm. I believe that purpose, your purpose will always be attached to freedom. So something about the way you behave will provide a sense of freedom or peace or discovery or revelation for someone else. Uh, It usually will also do the same for yourself if you allow it. And then it also will usually be um, related, get this, to other people discovering purpose. Yeah. Uh, and so yes. it's, it's a really wonderful way to behave as a human. Uh, and it, it sort of makes you feel like you're never in the wrong place at the wrong time doing mm. the wrong thing. Cause you can always know how to behave if you're in a space, if you know what your purpose is. I love that. I know that my purpose, God really gave this to me in a dream. Uh, he gave me the name, which is really his name, but it's revealer healer. And mm. so in the space of as a natural path and, and working with women uh, to get healed, um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm able to be that eagle eye That's and right. see the vision for them and see that the things that they need to uh, tighten up so That's that they right. can become healed. And so I just feel like what an honor and a privilege yeah. when we really tap into that purpose, then we can serve others in that way. Right. That's it. That service is huge. If we're made in the image, right. Of God, we, right. you can look to him to see how does he behave and yeah. purpose will almost always allow you to behave in a very similar fashion. Here's the, what's what I want people listening in to think, well, you know, Wendy's way ahead of me. She has her business. She has all these shows, right? You know, I, she's everywhere. Right. And it can be easy to look at that and go, well, that's not me. I'm just, first of all, one of my, my least favorite mm-hmm. words, right? Let's <laughs> just yeah, take I'm a sidebar only, there. I'm just. I'm just or only and one of, one of my least, two of my least favorite. When you find yourself saying just, all it means is that you've missed something where you are concerned. God doesn't deal in just, (laughs) and he'll deal in one and only, he'll help us differentiate so that we're really walking in the greatest expression of our uniqueness. But what I want people listening in to hear is that even though you are where you are, 
the titles, the, the industry you're in, the shows you produce. I promise you, without having known Wendy for more than a month, that she was already operating as a revealer and a healer long before the revelation, long before the title, long before the programs and long before whatever else she's going to produce. So this is why I say it's so exciting. Purpose has always been with you. We get to, for the rest of our lives, do the work of uncovering it and then allowing it to move because it's going to be, it's going to appear in different iterations. Wendy will probably always reveal and heal, but it may look differently in five years than it does today. That's so good. I mean, even you saying that just brings kind of tears to my eyes, just thinking about, because yeah, I've always known when, when I go back and just really be still and listen to the Lord and and knowing my knowing deep down, like, yeah, this is who I've always been. And, and nothing's changed. And so I think so many times, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And so I used drama and trauma as an example, but even just um, self-sabotaging ways and, and just the way in which the world is with all the, the media, all the stuff that's Mm -hmm. pressed in on us. uh, We have this comparison problem Oh gosh, and that can stifle a purpose. Correct. Yeah. You know, in the book, I talk about the different things that come to snatch purpose and comparison is a big one. Uh, and social media does not make that <laughs> any easier. You could spend your day scrolling, I always say, um, through other people's purpose uh, instead of really doing the work of uncovering your own. Uh, you know, I, wait, I remember before you go on, yeah. I'm sorry. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because it's easier just to scroll and couple of things don't have to there, do the work? Right? Yeah. You said it. It's it's easier. Also, if you're a dreamer, a visionary, um, we can become addicted to inspiration, revelation, um, information. I I am a I can be a junkie of all of those things, and so I have to be mindful and say, I think I've gotten enough information. I think I've got enough education. I've seen a lot of what the competition, which you really don't have any, but that's a whole other show, right? Healthy Wendy? boundaries. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, that's right. And I've had to decide when the time for action is. And I think sometimes we get overloaded. I say drunk on inspiration or drunk on revelation. We forget to do the most important part, which is the activation. Yeah. Uh, the and paralysis I, of analysis. Oh right? gosh. Yeah. And also mm. just the Man, the familiarity and the comfort, you know, uh, one of our pastors at church was preaching on chains that need to be broken. And he was talking about, he was joking about how sometimes we don't really want to be free. We say we want to be free, but do we really? And his example, (laughs) you will appreciate this, is he talked about being on this fitness journey and losing a few pounds. And he says, now I want, I want that body. I want to look that way. I want to move that way, but... I kind of want to eat whatever I want to eat. And he's like, uh-huh. you know, I'm a Cajun guy and I want my <laughs> roux and my rice. And, and he said, so I, every time he goes the other way, it's sort of like, do I really want to be free? How free do I really want to be? And, and it was a funny example that everybody could relate to, but you mentioned it, the mindsets, the self-sabotage. Uh, many of the women that I am so honored to work with, we love diagnosing where they are and where they want to go and how do we get there? And what's amazing is, I'm sorry, but I I don't tend to attract many slackers, Wendy. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I really get the best of the best women. Awesome. They have these degrees, these titles, and they will still be saying some of the most unbelievable things right. to themselves that is no in no way, shape, or form true. And it's and not so, bringing God glory. 
It's at not all. at all. It's mm-hmm. not at all. And so, so much of the work, at least in the beginning, is taking the scales from our eyes. And, you know, as a coach, we often see the people we work with 10 times larger than they do right when they come 100%. in the door. Yeah. I already see them healed. You already see through. it. You got it. <laughs> um, and I've had to even learn as a coach to we got to walk through that, right? So I are you a high empath? Cause I am. And sometimes that can trip me oh, up. Gosh. Like I got to balance that out. Oh, it's so, huge. I yeah, feel yeah. everything. Um, I see everything. Uh, and I, I would carry it. I'd wear it. And I used to say, I used to snatch their purpose babies, dress them up for them and go, okay, now run with it. And they're like, and then they're I like, don't oh. even recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Let's go. Let's go. Right, and I'm, right. I love speed as sure. well. So I, and I do major and fast transformation that, that you then can work out and make sustainable. But you know, so much of that work is really aligning and realigning and aligning and realigning and repositioning ourselves with the truth of, you know, the word of God. I teach based on the principles of God um, and really reminding us ourselves of who he has said time and time again that we are. And then are we operating in a way that reflects who he said we already are? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, we have the mind of Christ. And I think That's how it. often are we going through our, our day forgetting that we have the mind of Christ. And all of a sudden we just have our own mind that's speaking, you know, 50,000, 60,000 thoughts of negativity. That's right. A day over and over. It's like, whoa, stop the insanity. I have the mind of Christ. This is who I am. And then start to re-record, you know, record. You're you're an artist. Record uh, a new melody. Right? That's it. We call yeah. it the remix. The, the remix. Perfect right. tie-in right. back to the purpose, book, right? The remix. Yeah, purpose, <laughs> the remix. And, and I think life should be lived that way. You know, my early career was as a solely as a classical pianist. And I love Mozart, Beethoven, Rachmaninoff, the, the name we talked about off, yes. offline. Um, and over time, this is a very much so a nutshell. I, I tell the story a little bit in the book and anybody who's ever heard me from stage has heard me tell some of this, but over time, I began to introduce more of myself into this classical concert experience and the experience began to shift. I became more and more of who I was as a person, as a musician, uh, as a, as a woman, as an African American, as a believer. I started giving permission for all of me to show up, not just the me that could play Mozart. And the wild thing that happened is the the demographics in the audience started to diversify. Uh, the seats started to fill. I got more engagements because I was now speaking to the audience and not only performing. And at the time, they were used to classical musicians coming out, playing the Beethoven, bowing and going bowing. home. Yes, I right. So you, you can already picture it. So I would come out and bow. And then begin to speak. Rock their world. Yeah. Yes. And the audience would be like, Oh my God, she's brilliant. She said hello, you know, <laughs> because they weren't used to it. And, and that is, I think the power of really understanding, you know, I thought my purpose was simply to play the piano. Well, my passion and my gift and my talent and my skill was to play the piano, but my purpose was what was happening in that audience. And we saw a theme of activation. People would say, I feel like I can do anything. And they always felt bolder than they had before. And so you read this nice line. My purpose is to activate people into being the biggest, boldest version of themselves. Well, that's not just great copy. That's actual evidence that we then recycled into copy. The best copy is the truth of who you really are. So we saw what had been breaking out. And then we made a note of it and said, I think I should do that more often. So now I only say yes to opportunities that allow me to do all of the above. 
I'm never going to usually say yes to something that says, can you just come in and play the piano and just, you know, sit down, shut up and, and keep it moving. We say no to that. I could. And right. Most of us live our lives. 90% of our lives Being in a place yes, of what, yes, people. yes to what yes, we yes, can yes. do, yeah. what we're obligated to do. Purpose says, I want you to operate in what you're called to do, what you were born to do, the fullness. That's it. And once you taste that, Wendy, it's really hard to go back to doing anything else. That's awesome. And I, you know, I'm glad we're talking about that too, because I I believe, especially women, Mm -hmm. we tend to pile up our plate and I'm using that as a metaphor, but also our schedule. You're talking about, (laughs) (laughs) but also our schedule plates with, with, yes, I can do that. Yes. I can help you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But then that stifles out and, and, and keeps the, the yeah. healthy fullness of your That's own it. purpose, uh, in play and on that plate. That's it. And so, um, what would you say to that woman? Would you just say, start saying no, like, like what's, yeah. <laughs> it might be that simple. <laughs> you know, I have a, it's, it's in theory, that simple. We know, right. In practice, yeah. much more difficult. Uh, I have a whole chapter dedicated to this. It's, it's, it's designed to make you figure out if instead of operating in purpose, you've actually been all purpose, multi-purpose or at cross purposes, mm-hmm. right. And they are very different and you're right. Women, because we have the gift of being able to do multiple things at once, right? Men are more compartmentalized in theory, yeah. um, at general, I should say. Uh, and women, if, if you saw our brains, apparently the way we collect thoughts yeah. looks more like spaghetti and then the men are these nice little neat boxes, right? And, yeah. uh, and you can see that in the conversations you have with the men in your life. Like they just want to stick on that one thing. Totally. And we My can have a like, conversation. How- Oh yeah. Like, like we're doing right now, but my husband would say like, Oh my gosh, total squirrel. You went this direction, but then I can come right back and then come right back. Yeah. (laughs) I can be at dinner with my husband, listening to him and hearing the conversation behind me. Right. (laughs) He's like, how are you hearing that? So it's a gift. gift. (laughs) It's a gift in many ways. We know it is also a curse. We talk about that overscheduling that yes, slips out a little bit too easily. And the reason it does is because we get a little bit of a kick from being of use from helping people. Some of us kind of like that martyrdom too a little bit. Some of us also like that feeling of people are relying on me. And those are all feelings that are really designed for purpose as well, right? That we know, okay, this is the season I've got to lean into my purpose. Also, if I'm in the life center of my purpose, I am actually more likely to be at my most effective when it comes to serving others, being reliable, having reward, having grace in the work that I'm doing. And yeah, getting to be fulfilled. And the thing about purpose is it it regenerates itself. So that feeling of exhaustion is often placed. I really don't experience uh, burnout very often at all. I go, I go quite a few years before I feel anything that's close to that. And usually it's something I did that got myself in that situation, something I shouldn't have said yes to. What I do feel often, instead of feeling exhausted, I feel spent. That means I've used the, the fullness of my gift, my talent, my energy in a, in a, in a period of time, I've poured everything out, emptied the vessel. And here's the thing, if you're pouring out in the right place, they receive. And then they also recycle back to you gratitude, my favorite action. Uh, that's what makes me the happiest to see the people I work with move. That will refuel you. Passion can burn you out. Passion is meant to be a temporary fuel, but purpose is renewable energy. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Say that again. Passion is only meant to be a temporary fuel, but purpose is 
is a renewable energy. The more you operate in it, the more it fuels you to continue to do so. Purpose is renewable energy. I love that. And that's one of the reasons you are also a purpose whisperer, because you're saying things like that, that, that speak to people and can, can whisper there, but yet with a boldness, because, because yeah. you're direct, a bold uh, whisper, a bold whisper, <laughs> uh, but whisper and, and help encourage people. You're an encourager to encourage them to fulfill that, that calling and purpose on their life. And, and so, um, give me an example of maybe someone you've worked with that you've mm-hmm. seen like a complete, you know, flip oh. of the script of their life, um, working with them. Yeah. We have a, a coaching program at my company called designer growth club. We want you to live the life that, uh, God has built for you by design. And so we spend that not in comparison, but in asking God, who have you called me to be? And how do you, how do you want me to get there? And we, we had this one, we have this one client, I don't think she'll mind me talking about her, who's been with us for, for quite a few years and, um, brilliant. But again, soon as she came in, I could see everything. She was always in sort of the middle management area and higher ed. And I remember saying to her in the first month, listen, you are designed, your brain, your heart, your vision is designed to be at the top of an educational system, cascading down, changing the infrastructure, changing the culture. She believed she had to kind of work her way up, you know, mm, up the ladder. That's what now, the world tells you. I love the skip line. I'm sorry. I am going to jump the line whenever I can. And, and she's a good girl. And that's another one of our problems. Sometimes we're, we're really good students, many of us. And, and I went, I literally remember her from middle school. Uh, so we had an interesting little reunion there, but for years, she'd been doing these middle management positions and within a matter of months, Something would go wrong in the office. They would devalue the work she was doing. Any suggestion she brought in because she has your eagle eye was always shot down. You know, you want too much. You're asking for too much. You're doing too much. We know those phrases. And I remember this one position she stayed in for so long uh, that she made herself physically sick, Wendy. You know, when when purpose is aching to get out, uh, I believe sometimes the grace for where you are will leave. That's a sign. This, this space is no longer where I should be. And we have to release the idol of feeling responsible. The idol of reputation. Oh yeah. We crunch a few toes. The more we go, right? Uh Those are idols. The idols of this isn't my plan. We've got to release that. Um, long story, very short. She went to another job that was similar and I'd warned her, you're doing the same thing again. Uh, but you know, she, the title looked a little better, but the space was the same. We want to begin to wear these goggles that we don't take off that are constantly looking for purpose. They're looking for placement. They're looking for alignment, right? That's where we want to be. And finally, this last year, she was in a similar situation. And I remember saying to her with a lot of tough love, whenever you're ready to be done with this season, you can be done. If you insist on staying, if you insist on staying, your body will continue to bear the brunt of this decision. And she finally uh, put in her two weeks because she had done what we had suggested, which she was applying for some other stuff on the side. She is now a dean, a Ooh, dean go girl. of an institution. And yeah. she jumped 
all the lines because see the work you've been doing, yeah. it's not that we're saying the work you've been doing because it has, it, it's always been purpose. You just didn't recognize it or you didn't recognize where the purpose was. You thought it was the title and it was really for her, the effect she was having on the students that were assigned to her. It wasn't the title. So cool. Right. But the that. position she was in didn't give her access to the kids like she really needed. So now she's where she's supposed to be. A breakthrough has broken out and she's appreciated, valued, and she's operating in the life center of purpose. What an incredible testimony. And it's the power of having a coach and even coaches, need coaches, right? Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I remember I had a coach years ago and I've had coaches throughout, but I had a coach that, um, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, wrote on my forehead. I'll never mm. forget this. This was years and years ago. And it wasn't, uh, um, a, a Christian thing uh, or oh, way okay. of doing it, uh-huh. but it said F N G. He talked about nice girl and F is not a word oh. I'm going to repeat, wow. but F nice girl. And I oh, didn't know wow. what F N G meant. All I know is that he wrote on my forehead in front of everybody. And I was appalled. Oh my and gosh. I'm telling you what that nice girl <laughs> was not nice. Once I figured out what he did and what it meant and oh Oh my gosh. So, but it was interesting because it's almost like I needed that, that literally not just in my face, but on my face, uh, of, of, of recognizing that, wow, that's how I'm operating as a night. Nothing's wrong with being a nice girl, but not when you're getting trampled on. Right. So anyway, the power of a coach, they can help you see beyond and even, uh, accept because sometimes we know, Oh, we always accepting. (laughs) There you go. All right. But it's acknowledging and accepting and saying, okay, now it's time to pivot. This is not serving me or my God in any, uh, any capacity. So So you're talking about big picture there. That's right. Being, and you need the coach sometimes what is able to keep that big picture in view because it's easy to live out the minutia of life and forget, no, there's a, there's a big vision here attached to this daily movement you're making. Right. That's right. Well, have you had coaches along the way and who has inspired you the most? It took me a long time. I I don't even think I knew there was like a coaching world and masterminds. I didn't know what a mastermind was maybe 10 years ago. Uh, And the, the funny thing was I'd kept getting these emails from a woman I knew. I competed in the Miss America system. Did and, you really? Uh, I did. I was Miss Chicago, Miss Illinois, and then That's I was cool. I did first the Miss, runner up. Miss World, what was it? Miss World America. Oh gosh. See, I was like I 18. We had a lot I was like common. 18. <laughs> well, no, I, I was in my early 20s and I got to Miss America and I was first runner up, which, which awesome, sounds girl. really awesome. It's awesome, I but know. it's like hard because you're right there. Yeah. Um, and so this woman who was a coach, was also another African-American woman who had placed very high in the Miss America system in years past. So I don't know how she had my contact information, but I was on her mailing list for years. Mm. And I'll never forget, I was on my anniversary with my husband, vacation with him. And an email came through and it said, are you done being a maverick? And I love that word maverick. You read it, it's, it's in my marketing. I didn't even give the name to myself, but I thought, What's, what's a maverick? What, what's wrong with being a maverick? I like being a maverick. And then she listed all the negative things. You're all, you're figuring everything out by yourself. Everything is do it yourself or you don't have any help. Lone ranger. And that was the, literally, I, I am a loner by nature. I enjoy my company the most. I hope my husband forgives me for saying that, but I love being by myself. And since kindergarten, Wendy, no exaggeration, I avoided group work like the plague. Really? Um, yes. Oh my gosh. In college, I picked my classes based on the least amount of group work possible, oh. <laughs> literally. Uh, and so, but here I was with this huge, 
huge international vision and I was just going to build it all myself. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's anyone who relates to that, listen here, your purpose, guess what? Eventually will become too big for you, but it won't be too big for the next you and the team that's called to help you build that thing out. Mm-hmm. So that email hit at a time where I was drowning in the business I was trying to build. I was mostly performing, but I knew there was more, but I had no idea how to get there. I worked with her for a year and I devoured all the content. I mean, some serious money was coming out of my bank account every month and I was going to get through all that content. Yeah. Yeah. So I implemented everything right away. Um, that was my first experience with coaching. That's when I became a coach. I learned, uh, I, cause I was already coaching. Most coaches sure. are already coaching, just right? doing it for free. For free. <laughs> right. So I, I started building a coaching you you business. We, yep. I did. And yeah. then uh, a few years later, I went to another coach that was uh, working with people who were stuck at seven figures. I remember. And I was like, Oh, I'd like to be stuck at seven figures. I'm not, I'm let me get, <laughs> let your girl get stuck. Right. You know, it's like, can I just get in that bracket? Oh, and uh, it was a year long program uh-huh. and I did everything they told us to do in the first three months. Oh, wow. And you six are months an action in, girl. oh, I do not play. And that was even more money coming out. I remember that investment was large enough to be an employee. And she said, listen, if, if you can do what we're telling you to do, you, it's like you have an employee in your business, right? That's probably the most productive right. employee you'll ever have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I implemented and went from a team of three to 10 um, in the first six months. And then we finally broke into the, the million dollar world and, and uh, when I was Woo-hoo. working with her and I've been yeah. using, you know, using a lot of those uh, things. I'm not in that program anymore because I am a very fast implementer, but I stay connected. So I meet sure. people like you and I always say I collect them. Right. And I have friends that I've met along the way who are also coaches. And even if they're not officially my coach, we coach each other. Uh, and if I'm not talking to a human, I am reading a book. Uh, and every day I'm reading the word of God and the Holy Spirit is the best coach I've ever Amen. had. Could yes. never afford his rates <laughs> if he had them. Um, because I get to really, I feel like see into the future. Um, you know, with God walking and building, um, or I should say with me getting to walk and build with God. Yeah. Amen. Couldn't be said better. That's so cool. Well, um, you, you know, had this artistic epiphany when you were doing just the concert pianist stuff. And then uh, the epiphany was what, that you could bring all of your gifts and talents and start speaking to bigger crowds and be your authentic self? Or was there more to that? Well, I was, I was having a a weird rough patch where I was having some stage fright and some memory slips, things that I was not used to. I can't imagine you having stage fright. I couldn't either. I couldn't either. That's why it was so wild. It was like, what is this feeling? Uh, And I would get so uh, suddenly nervous. And I'd been playing since I was a little girl. It was almost like I had this thing in my throat. I was worried about messing up. I think, I think finally I had this fast schedule. I wasn't able to practice as much in between, right? And classical is, it's high intensity, high pressure. We're playing this storied music, legendary composers, and usually the audience is very well educated and informed. And so in order to get <laughs> through these bouts, I would stop, I would play one part of the song, one piece, and then I would talk to the audience, like I mentioned in between. I didn't start out speaking to the audience. I just came out and played. But when I started speaking, it was to sort of calm Calm down and catch my breath. 
Well, the audience started falling in love with those moments. My career took off. They said, book that piano girl who talks. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it was huge. So I always say pay attention to the illogical interruptions, the Mm. challenges that make no sense. You didn't, you weren't bothered by this before and suddenly it's an issue, right? Uh, Because usually hiding in there is the pivot. Usually hiding in there is the divine detour. So that, that changed everything. The epiphany was that I still was playing to impress the audience to death, I always say. And I would tell these stories to catch my breath. And then afterwards, the audience would come up to me and they'd talk more about the stories than how <laughs> than awesome I was. And I was so offended. I'm like, did you not hear how <laughs> you awesome know how much I was? I'm practicing? Do you yeah. know how much I'm practicing? This talking thing is too easy. I'm not even thinking about that. Right. Sidebar, oh, right. This natural right. organic thing I was doing was the thing. Now, the music today, the piano comes with me wherever I go. Uh, so even if I'm speaking on a corporate stage, there's a piano with me and I use music to drive the points home. But the epiphany was this. You think that people are coming for one thing, but they're really coming for so much more. And sometimes the audience doesn't even know what it is they're there for until you dare to offer that thing that is purpose. For me, it was that inspiration and that activation. Audience members were leaving moved. They'd come to be entertained, but now they were leave, leaving being impacted. So my purpose was not to play the piano to impress audiences. It was to deliver activation that impacted them instead. Lo and behold, that happened to be darn impressive as well. Wow. <laughs> Well, I think that is a beautiful segue, Jade, to activate this audience um, with your beautiful gifts and talents. And I'm so just honored and grateful that you would do such a thing here on this podcast. And I just adore you. I can't wait to spend more time with you. And um, before you segue into uh, your incredible talent, uh, I just want to let people know that they can go and find you at jadesimmons.com. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. But God bless you, sister and uh, all that you do. Thank you so much. I'm going to end with a little jazzy version of Flight of the Bumblebee. People always expect the classical pianist to play Flight of the Bumblebee, but they don't expect it to sound quite like this. just blessed our socks off. Thank you, you. sister. That was, I mean, I'm just like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, I'm all jacked up now and ready to go fly out of here. Um, I know you are as well, but thank you. Bless you. And uh, again, those of you listening, go to jadesimmons.com to hear more and to learn more and to dive into her coaching. So we'll talk to you soon, sister. Thank you. Take care. 
How about that? I will take Jazzy Flight of the Bumblebee any day, <laughs> coming from Jade Simmons. Again, if you uh, didn't catch this book here, um, I'm trying to hold it up here. If you're watching, it's Purpose, the Remix, a mind-blowing re-understanding of purpose and how it works. That is her new book, which you can get at jadesimmons.com. So check that out. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Visibly Fit. That's so fun. It's a little bit different, but you know, being visibly fit is about being fit mind, body, spirit, emotionally. And part of that is really understanding and honing in on our purpose. When we are walking out our purpose, we feel healthier and happier and we operate at a different level, like uh, with our just with our vibrational frequency, how we show up in the world when we're walking in our purpose. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that episode. If you are looking for um, a health and wellness uh, program, then come to wendypet.com or go to getvisiblyfit.com. Check out the seven-week course that will allow you the space to get the knowledge and the uh, expertise in your nutrition, your exercise, uh, mindset, spiritual um, gosh, emotional release, all the above, and have accountability, community, and individual um, coaching by myself and my team. So check that out again at getvisiblyfit.com or go to wendypet.com and let's do this together. Let's get you into that healthy place so that you can fulfill your calling and purpose to its fullest. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I appreciate you sharing and giving a rating and a review. All right, take care and God bless and make it a visibly fit day. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.